um, Minister Jenny Torres, who, who was a longtime elder here, uh, prophetess, uh, spiritual mom, uh, director of the women's ministries, I mean, preacher, uh, Sunday school teacher. I mean, just she, she carried a lot of hats, a lot of hats. So when she left, she le left a big gaping hole here, and, and it's an absolute honor to say that she'll be ministering the word uh, today. So um, she changed her hairdo since she was gone. So she just shocked. She shocked me, and it was really cool. She's got a nice hairdo, you know. So it's good to see her. So let's welcome one of one of our very own. Amen, Minister Jenny Torres. Please come and uh, share the word of the Lord. You can be seated. Every time Pastor Victor uses that word, I feel so guilty. This was about almost close to seven years. And every time, oh, I got, I got, I got, he uses that. The first, How long has it been? Almost seven years, Pastor. <laughs> and it makes me feel so guilty. But I knew that it was God's timing because God has timing for different things. Don't think that in Texas I was rejoicing. It wasn't like that. You know, you're coming to a different culture. Puerto Ricans are not really Puerto Ricans over there in Texas, okay? <laughs> like, where are these people from? Yeah. Not the Puerto Ricans I know. The Puerto Ricans are we loud. What did you say? You know, and I get to a place where everybody's soft-spoken and I'm loud and everybody's looking at me weird. Like, you know, you from New York. Yes, I am. You know, have you have that, yes, I am, the New York... Yes, I am. <laughs> the bobbing of the head and everything, you know. And you, I had to learn a different culture in order to be accepted. You know, because they can't, I mean, we understand it and it's fine. I mean, anybody can bob their head and we're cool with that. But you go to Texas bobbing your head, they're like. Yeah. I've had people say, you from New York? Yes. You know how we go? Yes. You know, we, um, and yeah, we do that automatically. We don't even realize how much we do that until we go to another state. And people, I go, what's what? Everybody's happy here. There's too much happiness going on here. Good morning, I, and can I help you? You know, we give that. When I got my first good morning in the supermarket, I found this so strange. I said, good morning. I'm like, okay, can I help you? You know, with the attitude, can, can I help you? I'm like, just good morning. Isn't it a beautiful day? Uh, and? Because we have that attitude. I'm seriously, New Yorkers have that attitude. And when we change where we live, we have to change our personalities. And it was not easy at all. At all. Because you're not well received in some places where the cultures are different. And so we have to, in order for us to be what God called us to be. And when I say be, because I'm still part of Calvary. Many of you don't know me, but I'm Jenny. I was, you know, I was here for many years. I was, I was raised by my, my pastors, you know. They tolerated so much from me. It's, I don't even want to think about it. Pastor, I repent for all the hard times. And my New York attitude. <laughs> I didn't realize how bad I was till I got to Texas, actually. And I realized, wow, I'm a handful. Wow. <laughs> No, Dama, you don't have to agree with me, okay? 
and it was it was it was shocking to see what was going on and how I had to change. You know, I wanted people to change around me. I'm sorry that does not happen. Now when the odds are one to I don't know how many <laughs> where I live in Spring, Texas. I mean it's not it's not like that. People are different. They're courteous, but courteous people also have issues. And you have to realize that when you minister to a different group of people, you really have to get accustomed to the cultures. And I'm still not accustomed to a few of them. I don't understand half of the things they tell me because even in, in a Hispanic church where I never thought I would belong to a Hispanic church, come on, Jenny, I still have trouble pronouncing some words in Spanish. And going there and realizing that the cultures are different, people are different, and you have to really come to a level where you have to be like Paul said, when I'm with a Jew, I have to act like a Jew. When I'm with the Romans, I have to act like a Roman. Because in order for you to get to people, you have to come to their level. Do not expect them to come up to your level. Don't look at people indifferently. Look at them with love like Jesus did. I'm sure that Jesus got a kick out of Peter the first time. Then he had to correct them later on. But our cultures are different. The way we express ourselves are different. I mean, when they, when they heard Peter, they knew he was a Galilean. Oh, we know who you are because we know how you talk. You see, so people can identify where we're from by the way we carry ourselves. But in order for us to reach the multitude again, I haven't seen so many different cultures like right now present in New York City than I was. I was here. I lived here all my life. But now I come back and the cultures have really increased. Down where Sheila lived, there's a lot of Muslims. I've never seen a multitude of Muslims the way I did before. You know, so to me, I said, how do we reach people like this? That the women always look down. You know, sometimes I would go to the laundryman and they would look down and like, I'm sorry. <laughs> A man comes in the room and they look down. Like, that's a custom. That's a culture. I know some of you Hispanic men will love that, but that's not happening. <laughs> that's not happening. <laughs> I learned a new word for submit. Oh, God. <laughs> it was very difficult. But today I just want to share out of my heart because I was wrestling with certain things. And for the last two weeks, I had been sick. And I'm like, this is not a good time to be very sick, and I was bedridden, and I couldn't get up, and it was, it was hard, you know, but in those moments, God can really speak to you, because sometimes we're so busy, even doing God's business, that we don't even hear his voice, and we have to, again, come to the place where we can hear him, that we can feel him, that when he speaks to us, we can really understand what he's saying, not I think God is telling me, it's I know God is telling me. And that reaches a point where we have to come back to the beginning and say, where have I missed God? Where have I lost that touch with God? Where, where, why is it that I don't feel like I used to feel before? What's going on? What's giving me this feeling that I don't feel satisfied? How many are hungry for God today? How many are thirsty? Really thirsty to know God. To really, hi, sweetie, how are you? Uh, and get to that point where we really understand that God desires us more than we desire him. He really desires time with us. 
and to take us to places that we used to visit before, but now we're kind of laid back. Sometimes we're so many years in the gospel that we forget what God really, who God really is, and we talk about him, we uh, sing about him, but do we really know him? And I really ask that question to my, uh, ask, say it slowly, Jenny. Um, I, I sound like I'm chopping people's head off, right? And there's a point where we have to get to, to return back to that place. So my question is, is anybody thirsty? Is anybody thirsty for God? You know, if we're really thirsty, then we have to position ourselves to receive. Tell your neighbor, position yourself to receive. We have to position ourselves. Okay, I want you to open your Bible. Bless the Lord. I want to read certain scriptures, and I want you to go to Isaiah 41, verse 17 and 18. Bless God. I even forgot what allergies felt like until I didn't come back to New York. I'm like, whoa. A lot of allergies. A lot of migraines. I'm like, oh, I don't miss this at all, at all. I'm not, I'm not saying that Texas is better, <laughs> but it is. It is a nice place to live, a nice place to um, raise children, a nice place to raise doggies. It's a nice place. Isaiah 41, verse 17 and 18. Everybody has it? Okay, the poor and the needy seek water, and there is none. Their tongues fail for thirst. I, the Lord, will heal them. I, the Lord of Israel, will not forsake them. I will op open rivers and high places and fountains in the midst of the valley. I would make wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. Amen? So, so I want to read some scriptures. Found those so you can just dot it down. And I, not Isaiah. Okay, Psalm 63, 1, 2, 8. Just put your finger on that. Psalm 63, 1, 2, 2, 8. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you, Father, because it was your presence that brought me here. And you brought me here with purpose and destiny. And I thank you for the time that I was able to spend here with my sisters and my brothers and with my family. I thank you for the opportunity to reconnect with my niece. I pray that you bless Deborah and bless her mother and her father. I pray also that you magnify yourself today in every person here because you know the heart, you know the need. I'm just your vessel, Father. I pray that you speak according to your purpose and your plan to everyone's life, that you just open up the heart that they can receive your word today because your word builds up, edifies, strengthen, Lord God, the weak, strengthen the heart of the fainted, for you know the need and the purpose of every individual here. And if it's anyone here that has not known you, may today be the day, Father, that they would receive you in their heart and know that this is a day of destiny, a great destiny with a hope and a future. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, while I was looking through scriptures and I was reading, 
this word, it did something in the inside. It quickened something in me as I read the scripture. And I said, wow, is anybody feeling the way I feel sometimes? I know that I, I, I can go to church, I can worship, I can sing. But is anybody feeling the way I feel? I'm thirsty. I want more of God. I need more of God. I need him to really, really fill me. Like the first time. You remember the first time you got filled with the Holy Spirit? Oh, my God. Everybody jump and you jump for joy. Some people cry. Some people jump. Some people fall on their knees. People react to the Holy Spirit differently. And we have to make room for that, even though sometimes we don't think it should be like that. But we need to make room and let people be who they are in God. Because God calls us and we react to the Holy Spirit differently. Something happens when we're in church for a long time that we kind of get a little bit too dignified for God. And for God to move. And we forget to express our happiness to God. I can't say happiness with a long face. I'm happy. That's not happiness. There's a smile that has to come on my face. There's a joy that's expressed because something happened in the inside. You know, so I've been feeling thirsty for a while. Is anybody thirsty with me? I'm just not. I just, I don't know. Maybe sometimes you think, uh, I, I don't know, I'm not content. I pray, I fast, I read the word, but I'm not content. You can't put your finger on it. But you know that something's missing. That's hunger. That's thirst for the presence of God. That's what that is. Sometimes we become so biblically knowledge that we forget who God is. And God wants us to begin again, to start all over again, to fall in love with him again, to give room for him again, to allow him to be who he is. It's okay if you weep for a while. Do like I do. Waterproof mascara works. It really does. It really, really does. I mean, the good stuff, not the, you know, the good, the one that you can wash it out with soap, but won't come down when you cry. You know, that one. Get yourself a good mascara and cry before God. It's okay. Express your feelings. It's all right. Give room for that. You know, give room for God. Because sometimes we forget. Now, knowing Pastor Victor the way I know him, it doesn't seem that he expresses much emotion to you. But those of us that know him well, he has emotions. I guarantee you that. A lot of them too. But by profession, he has to stay. I mean, imagine there's a flood in a building and he's screaming hysterically. <laughs> That's not going to work. You know, he has to maintain his, the way he is, his possible, who he is. And that's the way pastors have to be. But you don't know him behind the scenes. You don't know what's going on in his heart and his mind when you're not looking. You don't know. You don't even know what Pastor Gwynn knows about Pastor Victor. Because they know each other intimately. You see, just because you don't see a reaction doesn't mean that there isn't none. It means that this is the way the man is. Thank God for balance, because if he would have been like me, forget about it. It wouldn't have worked. But thank God. My husband is a man of, of balance sometimes. <laughs> you know what my husband did? I'm going to show you, Pastor. We went to the doctor. 
And I was nervous because I have to go to the doctor a lot. So he's messing. You know how little kids are. He touches everything. He likes to touch everything, see what this is. And he goes, I might leave that alone. What are you doing? That's terrible. You're not supposed to be touching that. And he's touching. And I'm saying, I might, please, if you're going to touch, leave. So he's facing this one. You know, my, who, those of you that know my husband is still a big man. So I'm not seeing what he's messing with, right? So he's this way, and then he turns around, and he starts um, giving me a verse, right? And he says, who are you to look at the speck that's in your brother's eye, and you don't see the plank in yours? And he takes those, you know those things for the tongue? And he puts it here. <laughs> And he turns around and he shows me this big, and it was hysterical. It was, it was funny. But it gave me a message. It did. Because I've never seen it that way. He actually put a piece of wood in his eye. And he showed me, you cannot see, you can't even use your peripheral vision with a piece of wood like that. In your, in your, you can't see anything. And I said, wow, that spoke to me volumes. Because we're usually picking on somebody else and we forget the issues that we go through. And so God is telling us today, if you're thirsty, leave your brother alone, leave your sister alone, and you seek my face. You seek my presence. Forget about everything else. Because while you're busy thinking there's something wrong with the person to your left and to your right, you forget your own issues. How many have issues? <laughs> that one has two. <laughs> we have issues. So you never I have issues. I can't keep looking at yours because I can't deal with yours. I gotta deal with my own. And sometimes I don't want to deal with my, come on, say the truth. You know, sometimes, you know, you know how God speaks to you, that little still voice, and you're like, I don't want to hear it right now. I had to learn to listen. And the Lord taught me how to listen in Texas. Boy, did I listen. He said there was times that for, the Lord told me for 20 years I've been trying to teach you something. I'm like, what? I go, what, Lord? He says, I've given you authority. I say, yes, Lord. But do not use your authority to abuse anyone else. And I said, when did I abuse? He told me, just the way you express yourself is abusive. I'm like, what? I don't, yes. And the Lord took me back to many times that maybe I was short Maybe I was in a hurry. Maybe something happened and I spoke a word that really hurt the other person and didn't realize I hurt them. And I had to really, I had to even call the person. I said, but I don't got nobody's number. I found my old phone, God. (laughs) (laughs) And I had to actually call individuals and apologize because the Lord brought it back to my mind. I said, wow, I was short that day. I was. I didn't realize that that person was carrying around hurt. 
And sometimes we think something so simple, like a lot of people have said, and I've heard this, and it kills me, well, they need to grow up. No. You need to help people grow. Amen. That's why God gives you authority, to help people grow. That was just a little titty bit, okay? So, you know, these are things that we have to keep in mind. You know, many times we go to church and we know that God is immutable and changeable. He, he, he is who the Bible says he is. But a declaration is different from a testimony. You can declare a word, but until you experience that word and it brings change in your life, it's not going to mean much. You have to, okay, it's good to declare. And we went through a season where we declared everything. I remember. But the Lord taught me that a declaration is not enough. A testimony is worth much more. And when you testify of something that God has done in your life, it brings people to understand the almighty God. It brings people to understand that he is all-knowing and all-powerful. It brings people to understand that he is concerned of every detail that's in your life. That he loves you with an everlasting love. And that he doesn't change your mind, his mind on you just because you change yours. God is not like that. God is not man to lie or son of man to relent. When he says a word, he speaks it, and that's final. And you have to understand that this is how God is. So you need to focus on God and who God is. Not on who Pastor Gwen is, because as perfect as she is, she can fail you. You cannot focus on who Pastor Victor is because as a godly man he is, he can fail you. But God is perfect in every sense of the word. He is perfect in his entire being. He will not fail you. He will not leave you. He won't write you away when others might write you away. He won't turn his back on you when you need him in the middle of the night. He won't say, I don't have time for you right now. He is ever present, always there. And that's the one you and I have to depend on because he is your strength. Pastor Victor is not your strength. Pastor Victor is called to shepherd you. But the one who can keep you away from the wolf is God. It's not Pastor Victor. It is God who is able to take you from one moment to the next. I went through so much in Texas. God only knows. I mean, I, I, there was a season of complaint from my mouth only. Only complaint, only complaint, only complaint. Because I went through a season that I didn't know why I was going through. And I'm like, I don't understand this. I just don't understand. Why do I have to go through this at this point in my life? I've served you. I've preached your word. I've taught your word. Come on. I thought this time was over. I thought that I reached it. See, that was my mistake. I thought. <laughs> I thought that I was mature enough to go through anything, but no, I wasn't. You know, it's to come to a place where people reject you and they don't even know who you are. Where all you want to do is help and people look at you strangers and well, we don't need your help. Where all you want to do is build the kingdom of God and people say, we don't know who you are. Why should we let you help? When women draw to you just because of the anointing that's in your life and they take you out from everything, they don't even want you to visit their church because they're people that are not equipped. Thank God you're in this church. It may not be perfect, but let me tell you, I've been to churches 
where they reject you. Whether I don't know where, because I never go to a place and say I'm a prophet. I don't say those things. But I had one pastor come into my face and say, we don't need you, prophet. And I'm like, what is he talking? I told my husband, what is he talking about? I never told him I was a prophet. I never told him anything. And the word rejection was so thick that all I did was cry. I'm like, God, come on. You brought me to Texas to suffer this? I could have stood in New York. God said, because I needed to strip you first before you can be more effective than you were. You see, if we don't allow God to come into our lives and begin to strip the old things, we can never blossom and grow in the area that God is taking us. That's why you go through the situations you go through. That is the reason why you get frustrated. Because God wants to deal with you as an individual. And I know that there are people, you know, you can love everybody, but you don't have to get along with everybody. Come on, can I be honest here? That happens in churches. To say the contrary, I'm going to lie to you, and I'm not going to lie to you. We're supposed to love everybody, but sometimes we can't get along. I love my husband at that, but I don't mind being two months away from him. You're not going to send this to Mike, right? I love, I love the man. But I'm going back tomorrow and I'm already, I got to gear up. <laughs> He's been too much by himself. He's sweating it. I'm like, take it easy, muchacho. <laughs> yeah, but you're going back in September. Like, this is what I do. This is who I am. If you have a problem, take it up with God. I sat down with you and we said, this is what God is telling me to do. And you said, honey, yes. Walk in God's will. Because disobedience brings a lot of open doors to your life. Sickness. Big time. Because I said, <laughs> I said, you haven't been to the new house. I'm not even going to look this way because I've invited him so many times. I'm just waiting for him to get there, but he'll get there. <laughs> I'm even gonna look at my you don't know you don't know who I'm talking about right now. And I, I was in my I have actually three living rooms. I have a big house. What did Mike want a big house for? This was his exact words. When ministers come to visit, they will feel like they're in a hotel. And I said, and who's going to clean this hotel? Oh, yeah. It, it's a lot of house. Come on, it's a big house. Three living rooms. Come on. They call it a TV room. It's not a TV room. It's a humongous living room upstairs in the midst of four surrounding bedrooms. Downstairs, a formal living room, formal dining room, a kitchen, another family room. Come on. Two and a half bathrooms. That's so ridiculous for two people. You don't think so? I'm looking at like, we, I wanted to downsize. I didn't want to upgrade. And he's like, no, you don't understand. This is for when ministers and preachers come. So they, I'm like, okay. So since this is your vision, 
you clean the downstairs and I clean the upstairs. So if you want me to be a partaker of your vision, then we, gotta, we have to have this. Because this is, this is hard, you know. Texas is beautiful, but it gets a lot of dust in the house. And I'm telling you, when you got to clean, you got to clean. And I don't know why I wanted dark stained wood in my second floor because you can see every speck of dust. I'm like, whoa, big mistake. Right. That's how it is. And so he's still, and I wanted to sell. I had him already ready to sell. And the Lord didn't allow it. He said, I told you because this is the house where ministers come to stay. I'm like, okay, if I hear that one more time, you're going to be in charge of the upstairs too. <laughs> it's hard. And, and if anybody knows Mike, Mike doesn't stay in one corner. He visits every room. So that means that every room doesn't stay clean all the time. But that's my husband. I love him to death. He's waiting for me to come back. And he's a little uh, upset because I'm coming back in September. But I need to come back to finish the tests that I started. And I'm trusting in the Lord. So far, so good. You know, so I believe that God is, is, is a performed the miracle. I received that in my spirit. I believe God. And it doesn't matter because we really don't know how long we're on the face of the earth. So make every day your last day. If I learned anything, I learned this. Make every day your last day. Speak to who you can speak to. Reach out to whom you can reach out to. You know, just, it doesn't, it doesn't take much. I think it was yesterday, right, honey? Yesterday, the day before yesterday, was it yesterday? We were leaving her house in Brooklyn, and there was this young man. Um, and you know how they, when they go to the halfway houses, they sell T-shirts and what have you? But he was so young, Mickey. He was, he looked like he was 18. He told me he was 20. And, um... I asked him, where are you from? And he said, I'm from Colombia, originally from Colombia. And I, I picked up the accent right away. Because if anything, if you watch any shows on TV in Texas, they're all, almost all Hispanic. So you're going to learn pretty much different languages. So I picked up he was Colombian. And we began to dialogue. And I told him, well, why are you here? And he said, well, my mom sent me over because I was a drug addict over there in um in Colombia, and she sent me over here so that I can get clean. And unfortunately, I got here in New York, of all places, you know. I guess people have a different perspective of New York. The TV New York is not the same New York that actually exists. It's not. And we began to dialogue, and my heart just went out to him because I said, you're so young, and you're such a good-looking young man. You need to get out of that. You can't be there. That's not what God has for you. That's not a future that God wants for you. God wants to give you life. He wants to give you a good wife in the future. He wants you to have something. You know, that's not what God has for you. And he listened to me. And in my heart went out to him because I said, this is a young man that really needs help. And yeah, in some of these places, they do help, but only to a certain amount. Where are the halfway houses where people preach the gospel? And they walk through the program with them. You know how those, those um, 
those programs used to be, they're, they're not, almost non-existent now. And I said, well, what are we doing as a body? Are we following God's call in our life? Are we saying, we, this is what I need to do? Is this what God wants me to do? But we cannot do that unless we have a testimony. And the testimony has to come from understanding who God is in your life personally. You see, Abraham knew him as Jehovah Jireh, the God that provided. He personally experienced God providing for him. That's why he was able to say that. You see, Moses knew him as I am that I am because he had a personal experience with God. Before God called him to do what he wanted him to do, he had an encounter with God. David knew him as the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies. Isn't that awesome? God is sending him to fight the wars, but he knew God as the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies that was going to give him the victory. Jacob knew him as El Shaddai, the God Almighty. Israel knew God as Jehovah Rapha, the Lord heals. You see, I just don't want to know about this. I want to experience it. I want to experience his healing power. I want him to visit me. I want him to wake me up in the middle of the night. I want him to take me by the hand and show me what I need to do. You know, I want that experience again in my life continuously. Because God just doesn't want to speak to us one time. And one time we mature and that's it. God just leaves us. God is not that type of a God. Maybe you and I are like that, but God is not like that. God does not do that. God walks us through every situation. Everything. The poor and the needy seek water, and there is none. The word poor means a person that is afflicted, that humble, that's wretched, a person that's in need. Only when you realize that you are needy is when you're going to seek God. If you feel sufficient in yourself, you will not seek God. That's why when the problems come, how many pray? <laughs> I promise when you take me through this one, And you forget about that one. And here comes another one. God, I promise if you take me through this one. And then something else arises. And God will take you through another one. And so on and so forth. So adversity is good. Because it does cause us to grow. It does cause us to seek God. It does cause us to, to, to turn upward. And we need that in our lives. So welcome affliction. And don't blame it on anybody. It doesn't matter who caused your affliction. What matters is God is teaching you through that affliction. If it's sickness, then learn from it. Learn that God is your Jehovah Rapha, that he heals. If it's a testing of your faith, whatever it is, if you're lacking in finances, if you're lacking whatever, don't run away from problems because they're going to follow you. Believe me. I don't care if you go to Tumbatu. They will follow you wherever you go. Learn to confront your situations in a godly way. And say, God, I'm trusting in you. I will not take this out on anybody else. I will not blame this on anybody else. I believe that everything good or bad comes from your hand. And you're my savior. You're my God. You are my provider. You're the one that says that you're going to take care of me. 
that when I go through the waters, they shall not what? Overflow me. When I go through the fire, the flames shall not scorch me. See, we have to believe in God again. And what he says he is and what he can do. So you're going through the same thing again. Bless God for it. Bless God for it. Say, God, I thank you. Because whatever this is, like you brought me forth the first time, you're going to bring me forth again. I've experienced you enough to know that you will walk with me through this situation. I know that you will not forsake me or leave me. I'm going to walk through this because you're going to help me. You are my helper. You are my redeemer. You are my friend. Come on, let's trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Trust in God. Some of the things, the decisions that we made are not easy ones. Sometimes we make mistakes, but thank God. David Ireland wrote a book. And in his book, he said, mistakes are written in pencil. They can be erased. Amen. That's a good one. I said, wow, that's a good one. They can be erased. And God's pencil really erases. Because if I count the number of times I failed God, God has not failed me one time, not even one time, not even one time. I've done things, gone through things, made mistakes, made the wrong decisions, but God has been there. He lets me go through my tantrums and everything else, and then he's able to speak to me. He waits. He's a patient father. He waits for you to go through what you go through, and maybe you don't act like me. I'm not saying that you do, but some of us, <laughs> okay, some of us, when we get depressed, the first thing we do turn on is the TV, right? And we stare at it for hours, and our mind is not even there. How many been there? I'm crazy. How many been there? You, you just, because you're going through a situation and you want to distract your mind, just begin to put on worship music. Begin to praise the Lord. Begin to worship God like you used to. Dance before his, do whatever it takes to bring you back to that place that you left in the first place. Because God does not change. God does not change his mind about you. God does not change what he feels about you. Maybe people do, but people did not save you. People did not say, he, nobody gave his life for you here. Only Jesus did on the cross. He said, and nobody takes it. He said, my God, he's awesome. He said, and no one takes away my life. I put it down and take it up again. That's authority. I mean, I'm laying it down for you, but I take it up again because I died to forgive your sins, but I resurrected for your justification. Come on, that's powerful. Can anybody agree with me? That's powerful. No one took away his life. The Jews thought they were, they weren't taking away his life. He said, I lay it down and I take it back again. That is a powerful statement. Only Jesus could have made that statement. He said, I take it up again because I want to bring you into my presence. In my father's house, there are many mansions. If it wasn't so, I would not tell you. He even said, listen, I'm not lying. I'll put it in my words. I'm not lying. In my father's house, there are many mansions. There are many rooms. In other words, I'm going to make you like me so that you can be where I am. And we're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, far above any principality and power. We need to remind ourselves who we are 
and not give room to the enemy to make us feel we're worthless and we're hopeless and we're not nobody. No, I am somebody because God made me that somebody. I'm a child of God. I can rebuke the devil and say, devil, stand still. Here I come. See, I have to know my authority. I have to know who I am because I've witnessed God in my life. Only he could have changed me. Only he was the one that came and saved me. When there was no hope for Jenny, when Jenny was depressed and on medication, when no one, no one wanted to know about me, not even my family, because they said I was cuckoo, and by the way, I was. God came into my room and said, I came to save you, to change you, and I am God. And I'm like, who's talking to me? I said, I went crazy. I lost my mind. Because now I'm hearing voices. And at that moment, I decided to give my life to the Lord. And then he filled me with the Holy Spirit two weeks after. Nobody had to tell me about the Holy Spirit. I just went to church. I heard people speak in tongues. And I said, I want some of that. That's what I called it because I didn't know. I want some of that. And God came and baptized me in the Holy Spirit because I believed God. For those of you who are waiting, wait no longer. Because no one is going to give it to you. You ask in faith and God will give it to you. Amen? And I was no different from you. I still went through my changes. I still went and I still go through growing pains. Because I have not arrived. But one thing I could tell you that the God that saved me has not forsaken me. He has not left me to chance. He didn't go here, just fence it out, duke it out, do whatever you got to do. No. God is with me every step of the way. Say every step. Every step of the way, God is with you. So if you feel thirsty, Acts, he says, from me will flow living waters. And those who believe in me shall receive these living waters from out of their belly, out of their inner, will flow rivers of living water. That means I have life because I need water. I can't do without food for a few Well, Don't look at me so hard. But I can't do with food for a couple of days. But without water, I can't. I can go three days top. Without water, you cannot survive. Your body is composed of mostly water. You need water to survive. Okay? The water carries oxygen. Come on. Let me get another one, baby. Thank you. And so it, it is like that. Understand that God is for you and he's not against you. That's why when this verse said, the poor and needy seek water and there is none, he says, I, the Lord, will give them to drink. I will create fountains of living water. Because if nobody else is on your side, God is on your side. And if God is for you, who can be against you? You have to make the Lord God your God. Personal, say, my God, my God. He's my God. He doesn't forsake me or leave me. He promised to be with me. You know, when the blood of Jesus was shed, that's a permanent, eternal blood. It cannot, it cannot be eradicated. It cannot be changed. The blood of Jesus was shed on your behalf and my behalf, and that's eternal. Even though it happened in this physical world, it's eternal. The eternal shedding of the blood is all the time, forever. Amen. It's not for a little while. It's eternal. We have to come back to believe God to what he says he is. He is God. 
So if you find yourself thirsty today, that's not a bad place to be. It really isn't. Because only those who are thirsty realize they need to drink out of the fountain of the living waters. He had to tell the woman of the well, you drink this water and you'll be thirsty again. But if you drink of this water that I offer you, you will never be thirsty again. Oh, bless God. Come on. The word of God just stirs me up, Pastor. I just can't help it. When I start remembering, reminiscing his word, that's enough to get me started. Because I know that God is not a liar. What he says in his word, he is going to bring it to pass. All I have to do is trust and wait in him. And he shall be what I want him to be in my life. How much do I want God to change me? How much do I want God to live in me? How much do I want to yield myself to God so he can really transform my life? Just like that. And some of you, and I'm I'm, I'm, I'm with permission of the pastor, really need to snap out of the condition that you find yourself in. Snap out of it. Snap out of it. Forget about who told you what, who said what, this and that. Forget about all of that. Get in touch with Jesus again. Get in touch with the Holy Spirit again. Follow his plan and his purposes. Because he knows the destiny that he has for you. I can only bring a prophetic word and tell you this is thus says the Lord. But you know that word also has to be judged in light of the word of God. People who move in the spirit don't get offended if people judge your word. They're supposed to judge your word. That's biblical. You know, and the person can receive it or leave it. It's fine. Don't stress it. If they don't receive your word, fine. Leave it alone. You're just a vessel God uses. Let God take care of it. Some people you think receive it and they don't receive it. Some people yell, scream, and they didn't receive anything. They get excited for that moment. (laughs) Believe me, I've been doing this for a long time. I know what I'm saying. And then others where you see them just, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That word has brought a change in their life that you may not see the manifestation now, but you'll see it down the line. Amen? Are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? Bless the Lord. Amen. David had to write a psalm in Psalm 63, and he wrote, Early in the morning will I seek you, my soul thirsts for you, My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. Now, he is something spiritual he's talking about. He's not literally talking about drinking water. He's saying, I'm in the battlefield. I'm fighting a battle. And I miss the times where I was in your house searching you out and seeking your face. See, David was in in a time of warfare. And many times we're fighting and we lose sight of what God is doing. Even in a time of you fighting, God is still there. And he's saying, come and drink. Get refreshed in my presence. Seek my face. David said one time, my heart says, you say to my heart, seek my face. And he responded, your face I will seek. See the personal God that we have? That he tells David, seek my face. And David responded, your face will I seek. Because I need more of God. What is hard-pressed in your mind today? What is on your mind constantly? What keeps you up during the night? What do you meditate on constantly? Do you desire God more than what you meditate on? Because he's the answer to everything. Everything. 
when you're not sure about something, go after God. When you need an answer, go after God. God will answer you. There was one time I lost my cell, and this is, it sounds so trivial, but this is the kind of God that we serve. I had just moved to the Bronx in my brother-in-law's house from Manhattan, and the girls were helping me unpack, and they started putting things away, and I could not find my cell phone. And it was the only phone I had, and I had to call my husband. I didn't have my cell phone. I couldn't find it. I couldn't find it nowhere. I searched for it and couldn't find it. I finally sat down in the living room, and I said, Holy Spirit, I know you know where it's at. Those were my same words. I know you know where it's at. Show me where it's at because I need my phone. And the Lord quickly showed me that it was in a basket under the cabinet all the way to the back. So I couldn't see the basket in the cabinet in the kitchen. I went right away, pulled out the basket, and it was right there. So even as something as trivial as that, if God is concerned with that owning, imagine with the other things and the decisions that we have to make in our lives. You think God will not speak to us? Yes, he will. And he'll speak to you in a way where you will know and you know that you know that it's God. He won't leave a question mark and say, well, I'm not sure. He will speak to you clearly that you know that that is God's decision for your life. Simple as that. And there's other people that want to make decisions for you. Just follow hard after God. Follow him. Because in the long run, I've learned that you can't make decisions for people. You have to let them make their own decisions. Because if they made the mistake, then it's not on you. And everybody is an individual with a free will to do and choose what they want to do. You cannot control other people's life. And you better not dare try to control somebody else's life. You make the decision, you have to live with it. When my son wanted to get married, he was only 18. I told him, I don't think you're ready. He said, well, mom, I'm 18 now. You told me I had to wait. I waited till I'm 18. I'm going to get married. I'm like, okay, so that decision's on you. I couldn't step in the way anymore because he was 18. Legally, he could have done what he wanted. Seven years later, he realized he made a mistake. But then I wasn't going to say, I told you so. I helped him through the process because he's my son and I love him. How much more God loves you because you make a mistake, he's just going to. No, only I do that. (laughs) I'm working on it still. He doesn't go like this to you. He walks you through the process because through there you're going to grow. Now, how thirsty are you? I find that I'm thirsty when I long, I'm no longer satisfied on how far I've gotten. It's not enough. When I hunger for more of God, I'm thirsty. When I allow the Holy Spirit to work in my life, you know, sometimes that's the hardest thing to do. To allow God to work in our lives, the Holy Spirit. It's hard. It's not easy. If I say it's easy, then I'm going to lie to you. It's not easy. Because that brings us to the next point. Where I'm willing to die to self. To my self-image, to what I think that's good for me instead of allowing God to be who he needs to be in my life. You know, David finished this psalm by saying, in your house, I will praise you with joyful lips. 
because when you're in the house of the Lord, here is where you receive a word from God. How many have received the word out of a simple preaching? Pastor probably doesn't even know what he's saying, but it's touched your heart and have given you direction. That's why we need to be here. Don't allow anyone or anything to take you away from God's house. You need to be here. You need to hear the word of God. You only should move at the time that God tells you to move. God bless you, sister. You're going to Tennessee. Don't get a culture shock. You know, it's a little different. But they're good people in Tennessee. They're good people everywhere. You know, you just have to open up your, your mind and open up your heart. And it's different. Imagine someone coming from, from um, if I bring my granddaughter here, she will be in complete shock. Because even though her mother was raised in Brooklyn, she's not used to it. She was raised in Texas. So when she comes here, she says, oh, Grandma Jenny, because they call me Grandma Jenny, okay? I have another grandma, so I'm Grandma Jenny. Make it distinct, different. Said, Grandma Jenny, oh my God, I saw this girl fighting with another girl. I said, Did that shock you? She says, Yeah. So, because she came for it, so she says, Yeah. I'm like, Okay. <laughs> Did it really shock you? Yeah. I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, that's New York. It's a different culture. I said, It's a different culture. And here in New York, people tell you things face to face. You know, it's different. Texas is, is different. It's just different. I'm not saying it's better. Yes, I, yes, I am. I'm saying it's better. It's different. Lifestyle and everything is different. And where you are, you're going to find different people. If you go to another church thinking it's going to be better than here, it may not be better. It'll be different. You see? Different. That's why you have to think of what you're going to do. Pray over it. When I said, Lord, take me, he took me. There was time. Take me back, Lord. No. And, but I love Texas. I love that I'm close to my grandkids and my son. You know, I have two smaller ones. Um, baby Kenny is four years old, and Adriana is three years old. She's the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. Not because she's my granddaughter, but she is beautiful. And she bat those eyes. She reminds me of me. She's beautiful. And my, all my grandchildren are beautiful. <laughs> I just wanted to hear an amen. <laughs> They're beautiful. And I, I thank God for it. Do I miss Calvary? Yes. Do I miss the city? Oh, yeah. I miss going to the corner store. Instead of getting on a car and going. But I got my driver's license, so that's, that's good news. <laughs> That's good news. And my husband is like, see, because he took me everywhere. So he's like, I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, we talking. So I'm sorry, dude. We got to do what we got to do. And he's so used to taking me places, but I need my independence, a little bit of independence, just a little bit. And it's good. He says hi to make sure I say hi to Pastor Gwen and Pastor Victor. Um, he misses all of you. Brandon, <laughs> Mike misses you tremendously. He's expecting you and Natalie to go. I don't know. That's between you guys. I have nothing to do with that. <laughs> and, you know, you're welcome to Texas. Anytime you want to come, we have a house big enough.
come, enjoy yourself. It's very laid back. Some of you might go into culture shock and say, what is this? But it's different. It's good. It's a blessing. I don't regret going. The only thing I regretted was leaving Calvary because this is my church. It will always be my church. And none of you can say either or. This is my church. So God bless you tremendously. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Trust in God. Stay with God. Don't leave out of an impulse or an emotion. Stay. Stick with it. If God is really speaking to you and you know God is speaking to you, then prove him right and stay. You're not going to prove anything by running away. Um, Am I talking to somebody here? God knows. Stay. Relax. Let God be God. Bye.